We're going to continue our study this morning. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. They will be up here behind me. Matthew chapter 7. So we're back in the Sermon on the Mount. And so I want to remind you with the Sermon on the Mount that the Sermon on the Mount is not a bunch of rules and regulations. It's not a, not a list of stuff to do. It's what it is, is the spirit-filled life looks like this. And so we have the Beatitudes and we have all of this, the teachings of Jesus here to his disciples and it's all about being right with God. It's not about doing right. It's about being right. Because with God, it's always being before doing. And so that's, that's sort of where we find ourselves. And so, the, uh, so as, we, as we get into Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to read verse 7 and 8, um, as we look at those, remember that it's about being, not doing. Remember that, because that's important for these verses, as it is for all of the Sermon on the Mount. Now, if you're, if you're following along each week with O.S. Hawkins' book, um, The Joshua Code, 52 Verses Every Believer Should Know, um, he relates these verses to prayer, and actually relates them to levels of prayer, ask, seek, and knock as levels of prayer. I see them slightly differently, and, 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 and I'll explain that as we go along. So I'm going to add a little context. He stays at verse 7. I'm, I want verse 7 and 8. So let's read Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Important verses for us, aren't they? Can you see that right away? Let's, let's first talk about the context that they're in. Again, they're, the context is the Sermon on the Mount, and so the, the, uh, the, it's about being, not doing. And so it's, it, it, is a, it is a place where the, the Spirit dwells in us, because we have to think about that. As, I mean, asking, we're not going to ask God for the lottery numbers, right? Because that's not a Spirit-filled life. That's a money-filled life. <laughs> so we, we, this is about living in the Spirit. So overall context is Sermon on the Mount. Now just before these verses is about judging others. It says, these are the famous verses of, of why do you talk about the speck in your brother's eye when you have a beam in yours? We are all sinners. We are all filthy, rotten sinners saved by grace. Every single one of us, and I'm sorry, that's even you if you grew up in the church, that's who you are. We are all dirty, rotten sinners in need of grace. And so we can't judge others. We can't, we can't say your sin is, better, is worse than mine. And we tend to do that, don't we? We tend to, to have certain levels of sin, you know? I haven't done the big ones, but I've, I do the little ones. Jesus did not die on the cross or stay longer for the big ones than he did the little ones. He, didn't, he died on the cross for the, for the murderer and for the liar. For every lie I've told and you've told, for every... So, so we can't... So, so that's the context, the immediate context. He's talking about judging others and that we're all in sin. And then immediately after these verses, he gives the example of the heavenly father and the earthly father. So when he, when he says, ask and seek and, and knock, 
he is talking about these, uh, this in the context of, being, of God being our Father. That makes us, our, us his children, right? That's a good thing. That's, a, that's good news. So that's kind of our, our immediate uh, context. So let's, let's do this in the way we have been doing all year. What does this say about God? So what does this say about God? We ask ourselves the so what's. So what does this say about God? The first thing it says is that God is our provider. He provides for us. And, and, and unlike an earthly father, now he uses the, uh, the example of an earthly father right after this and says that, that an earthly father wants to give good things to his children. And I think that's generally true, although I am a father, and so I can tell you that there are times that I don't want to do it. I'm just being honest. There is never a time when God doesn't want to do it. There is never a time when God does not want to give us, to provide for us. Never a time. He's the perfect provider. We saw kind of, as we looked at shepherd and sheep and that metaphor, we saw that we need the provision of the shepherd. This, these verses tell us that God is our provider, and he does so not grudgingly but gloriously. He provides for us. Now, I think it's important to point out um, that, uh, well, it says here that God's desire is for us to look to him. Now, I want you to notice, look at those verses again. It doesn't say, ask, seek, and knock for the big things, but for the little stuff, you handle it. God wants us to look to him in everything. Everything. He wants that conversation with us at all times. He wants that connection with us at all times. So we remember this, God is not only the provider, but it, it's his desire that we look to him for everything, that we have that ongoing relationship with him. And, and maybe the most important thing these verses tell us is that our God, the God of the Bible, the one true God can be known and in fact wants to be known. He wants you and I to know him. He desires that. He wants us to come to him and ask and seek and knock. He wants us to know him. Now, in this original culture, if you go back into uh, the first century uh, Judah and, and, and Jerusalem and, and the Palestine, let's call it, that was not true of any other God. Only the one true God wants to be known. The one true God, the God of the Bible, our God wants us to know him. He wants us to come to him and ask and to seek and to knock. So what does this say about us? The first thing it says is that we have dependence on God. We don't like to recognize this. Now, I, I can speak for men here because I've never been a woman. I can speak, I can speak for men here and say that men want to be self-sufficient. We want to be independent. And I don't know if it's worse here in the American West, or it's just a man thing around the world, but we want to be independent. This says, these verses say, we are dependent upon God. And so we need to, to capture that. <laughs> we need to understand we are dependent upon God. The, uh, the second thing I think it, it points out, now it, it's important to say the verse 
8, it says, everyone who asks. Remember the context. Everyone does not include those who don't know Christ. Because why would those who don't know Christ ask God for anything? They don't know God. If you don't know Christ, you don't know God. And so if you don't know God, why would you ask him for anything? So the ask and seek and knock, when it says everyone, it is actually exclusive. Exclusive to those who know Christ. Exclusive to, to the disciples of Jesus, which is who he's teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, the, the, the overall context of these verses. So we, we have to keep that in mind. And this tells us, as I said earlier, we are children of God. He is our Father. That is a great relationship for us. He desires us to know Him. He desires that we come to Him for everything, that we ask and seek and knock. He desires us to, to be dependent upon Him. He desires to, to provide for us. So what do we need to do? We need to ask and seek and knock. And in, in the original Greek, these are actually uh, uh, present active imperatives. Present active means ongoing. We usually do that with participles in English, like ing words. So this is asking, seeking, knocking. It's not just ask once, seek once, knock once. It is an ongoing action. And an imperative meaning a command. And so again, it, we need to do this this is our responsibility to seek God, to ask, to keep asking God, to keep seeking God, and to keep knocking on the doors. It's our responsibility to do so. That's what following Christ means, is to continue to ask and continue to seek and continue to knock. And what are we asking for? Everything. Everything. Again, it doesn't say in this verse, only the big stuff. You handle the little stuff. It says, ask and you will receive. Keep asking and you will keep receiving. Everything. Everything we need, you can go to him for. Now, as I said earlier, that doesn't mean the lottery numbers. That doesn't mean stuff that is outside the will of God. He is clearly not going to give you what you are, what he does not want for you. But if we are living a spirit-filled life, as the, the overall context of the Sermon on the Mount talks about, then we are going to be in tune with what God wants for us. So we keep asking because we know God is going to give what he desires us to have. So we keep asking. And, and as, as difficult as it is for us to, to, uh, to state, to, to capture in our minds, we need to understand our dependence upon God. We need to understand that. I know, again, at least in men, we want to be self-sufficient. We want to be independent. We want to pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. That's not what these verses say, is it? These verses say we are dependent upon God and we need to keep asking and keep seeking and keep knocking because of our dependence on him. So let's look at this kind of phrase by phrase. Ask and it will be given to you. Keep asking is what it really says. Keep asking 
and it will continue to be given to you. Here's the thing. There's power in the asking. Do you think God knows what, we, what we're going to pray before we pray it? Certainly, right? Otherwise, he's not God. So he knows what we need before we ask. So why does he want us to ask? Because he wants us to set aside our self-sufficiency and our independence and lean into him. There's the power of asking is, is leaning into God and away from our own strength. The power in asking is setting aside all of that self-sufficiency and independence, all of that I can do, do it for myself, and leaning in on God. So we, he desires us to ask and keep asking because it's good for us. It's good for us to, to continue to recognize our dependence upon him. And I'll say again, uh, as I said earlier, it, 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 it's not about asking for stuff that's outside the will of God. But if we are right with God, then what, when, then what we can ask for, what we can keep asking for, is what God desires for us. God's desires for you are much greater than your own desires for you. Much greater. So lean into those. See how he can bless. Try it. Now I think asking leans itself or, or lends itself most naturally to prayer. We ask in prayer. And, and we're told to keep asking. You know, sometimes... Our, on our prayer list, we think, well, I've been praying for that for a long time, and, and God's clearly gonna, done listening to me on this. No, he isn't. <laughs> this says, keep asking. Keep asking and keep receiving. And so there, there is never a time when what you think, what, you're, you're, what you keep asking God for, there's never a time when God gets sick of that, like an earthly father does. <laughs> God is always... Listening, always, and always giving when we keep asking. And then the next section, seek and you will find. You know, God says several times through his word that if we seek him with all of our heart, we will find him. And I think this is fantastic news for us because we, need, we know we need a God. And this God, our God, the God of the Bible, the one true God, can be known if we seek him. Now, he doesn't force himself on anybody. We need to be seeking him. And so we continue to seek him. Now, I think seeking is, is most naturally lend, done in his word and in worship. You know, God, every time we open the word of God, we encounter God in it. Every single time. Every time we open his word, we should be changed because we have had an encounter with God there. And every time we worship, we are, we are encountering God again. You know, uh, Psalm 22 says that God is enthroned on the praises of his people. So he literally inhabits the praise of his people. So he is here when we worship. And so we encounter God in worship. So we can seek him in his word and in worship all the time. And we will find him there. It's his promise. 
It's his promise that we will find him there every time we seek. Each and every time. We can know more about God each time we open his word. We encounter God and we can know more about him. We'll never know everything until that day, the day that Paul talks about, where we will know as we are fully known, as, as Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians. There is that day coming, but until then, we can know a little more about God every time we open his word. And so we encounter God in his word, we encounter God in worship, and we seek him there. We keep seeking him there, and he, we, he will keep being found there. And then knock, and the door will be open to you. Knocking is an action. It's something we do. And so I think this really most naturally fits to doing the will of God. We've prayed. We've encountered God. We've, we've sought God in the word and worship. And now we need to do his will. And I think that's what knocking is. We knock on doors for God to open them for us to do his will. We, we tend try and knock down doors God hasn't opened yet. Or we don't even go to the door <laughs> because I'm fairly comfortable and complacent where I'm at now. We need to keep knocking on doors and we need to let God open them. You know, uh, Isaiah 22, 22 looks forward to the day when a Messiah will open doors that cannot be shut and shut doors that cannot be opened. That's Jesus. Jesus does exactly that. And so as we ask God in prayer, as we seek him in the word and in worship, then we know his will and we want to go forward and do that will and he opens doors that cannot be closed and closes doors that cannot be opened. So I think knocking is doing the will of God. So this is what we see in these verses. We see asking, keep asking in prayer. Keep seeking in his word and in worship. And keep knocking on doors for him to open. That's what I think we see here. And verse 8 really drives home the point that, that God answers the prayer of the ask. He keeps being found by the seeking. And he keeps opening the way for the, for the ones who knock. That's the promise that's in verse 8. Verse 8 drives home the promise that God desires this for us. Will you keep asking, keep seeking, and keep knocking? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Do you need to take a step of faith toward Christ today? Do you need to ask him into your life today? Maybe, it's, it's, maybe you came here for that purpose today. Maybe you, uh, you are seeing this for a, in a different way today. And you're understanding it differently that, that God isn't some sort of spiritual cop trying to catch you doing something wrong. He is your provider. He is the one who loves you and cares for you and desires the best for you. You can, you can take a step of faith toward Christ with, with, with a simple prayer. You can follow along in your own words. You say, God, I know that I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. 
but I trust that Jesus died on the cross to pay my price. That he died so that I might have life. I'm taking you at your word, God. And so I'm asking that you come and fill my life. I'm seeking you this morning, I'm, and I hear you knocking on the door of my heart this morning. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Or, or elbow your neighbor and let them know. Maybe this morning you know Christ, but as you look at these verses, you realize that you just live in your own power every day. Will you commit this morning to look for God in dependence for everything? Keep asking. Keep seeking Him. And keep knocking doors He wants you to open. Father, we thank You for these verses. We thank You for the promises that are here for us. That as we ask, we receive. As we seek, we find you. As we knock on doors, you open them. Father, keep us mindful of these promises as we go through our week this week. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.